Hey guys, Primal Chaos here. Welcome to the podcast. This is a quick chat I had with Royal and the Serpent, aka Ryan Santiago, at the Good Things Festival in December here in Sydney. And you know what? I say in the interview, I was really excited to speak to Ryan about her art and her process. And that's absolutely true. Like, as I was getting to know her material for this interview, it, it occurred to me that she has certain elements about her character as an artist that are, uh, you know, left wanting, you know, in, in, in the rest of the industry, right? That she has a certain sort of cachet about the way that she writes her lyrics and the way that she performs and the way she puts herself physically out there in, in her visual media and stuff like that, that, that it's just super rare and it's fairly uncommon um, amongst artists, you know, most notably recently, you know, heartfelt stuff comes via, via, you know, artists like Ren and, and guys like that. But, you know, it seems like it should be much more of a thing as opposed to just this commercialized kind of what's going to sell pop music, you know, and don't get me wrong, Ryan does stuff that is very commercial and poppy as well. But, you know, some of her more sort of angsty stuff or some of her really stripped back, passionate sort of material just exists on a different level. And so I really wanted to speak to her about this. And I think we got a really good chat. Uh, I think at, at first, you know, coming into something like this, when, you know, you're an artist and you're not familiar with the territory, you don't know the person who's interviewing you, it can feel probably a little standoffish, I'd imagine. And so I was, my main focus at the beginning of this interview was really breaking the ice and making her feel comfortable so that we could just chat on a, on a familial kind of level. And I think we got there. But anyway... I'll leave you with the interview. Again, this one was filmed on location at Good Things. There was a lot of background noise. We did our best with the audio. It's it's not terrible, but, you know, we did overlay some of her material in the background just to sort of uh, block out a little bit of that sort of racket in the background. So, yeah, enjoy. Uh, this is Ryan Santiago, a.k.a. Royal and the Serpent. Here we go. I get So basically, I sort of was getting to know your material, and I, I kind of got really excited to speak to you because the one thing I noticed is that it's you have this you've tapped into this really honest authenticity that I think it should it should be way more prevalent, but in the industry it just isn't. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, you can definitely tell that you're singing from someplace inside, Thanks. Um, and you sort of have a strong message you got a lot to, to say, but there's an authenticity that I, you just really can't sort of you can't find enough of it. it sort of reminds me of artists like Aurora or like, um, I, had, I had some examples, uh, but I can't remember exactly right now, but, uh, or like, you know, Jules' first album and things like that, yeah, where she's yeah. just really like telling a story as opposed to what's going to sell, what's going to yeah. hit the, the, the fan base, you know, that sort of yeah. thing. Um, so uh, going through your recent catalog, the thing that's most remarkable is how emotionally honest and connected your songs are. Um, and, you know, in, in a world where music's a product, sort of, how do you maintain that level of authenticity? Yeah, well, I think I'm a lyricist over a musician, firstly. I think I sort of just grew up uh, writing poetry. I've always been really connected to words. So mm. I'm obsessed with lyrics. I love them so much. Yeah. And uh, I think something that's always been really important to me since I started making music was telling the truth. Mm -hmm. I never really wanted to tell anything that wasn't how I was feeling. Yeah. Um, and so I think just staying true to that, it, it's it kind of comes naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, um, I read somewhere like that you were 
like originally went to art school and you sort of got convinced to sort of push more of your musical side. Do you yeah. think that some of that authenticity comes from training that you got with that side of things? Yeah, I mean, I've always, I grew up being a creative in lots of different facets. I grew up as a dancer. I grew up um, sort of anything that I could get my hands in, I loved. So any way that I get to express myself is exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, that, so that's kind of, yeah, like, because I could sort of see that. The thing that, sorry, man, this was no, all okay. breeze. Um, one thing I thought was interesting was um, you, you sort of, when I listen to a lot of your stuff, like the, the more sort of alt edgy kind of pop stuff, mm-hmm. um, notwithstanding, there's, there's definitely like a, a Californian flavor to it. Like I get like that vibe of driving down the Big Sur sunset, but yeah. the attitude feels more New Jersey. Right? You, Would that yeah, be, you got it. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, because like in LA, <laughs> I think because I've been there enough times to know that like there's there's that it lacks that level of authenticity. Everybody mm-hmm. at face value is charming and lovely and and very interested in you. Yeah. But the flip side of that is is like it's 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 definitely a self promotion kind of place, you know. Yeah. And so you'd never hear somebody saying a bad word about anybody, or you know, being brutally honest. Right. And whereas East Coast is very different, and it's yeah. like fuck you, I'm going to say what I'm going to say. 100%. And so you've got that California flavor and this, this crazy dichotomy between that and and the East Coast, yeah. like, flavor, yeah. Well, I feel like I grew up in both places. Mm. I spent half my life at this point now in both places, mm. so it makes sense that it's coming through in that way. Yeah, how, yeah. how do you find that that sort of attitude, like, um, manifests itself in, in day-to-day life in L.A.? Or in, do you live in L.A.? Or I do California? live in L.A., yeah. yeah. Mm. I mean, I think people appreciate it. I think, you know, you kind of center yourself around the people that you attract that are mm. like-minded to you. Gotcha, yeah, yeah. So I have a lot of friends that I feel like are also from the East Coast. Mm. I've stuck with some people that I even knew from out there as well that live in L.A. now, mm. but people appreciate it. Yeah. People don't like the fake shit. I mean, L.A. gets a bad rap because there is a lot of fake mm. shit. But there's a lot of authentic people too. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. it's the same as anywhere, right? You've got a yeah. broad spectrum of people, and there's probably a lot of people who've just had enough of that shit and just want to, totally. you know, yeah. go and do what they do. Yeah. Um, rather than releasing your album, you, you opted to release dual singles every month from yeah. like, what was it, May or something, or March or something. Yeah. Um, what was the impetus behind that? Is do you feel albums are, are a dying art form or do you think it's it was there any other you know it? what i've actually changed my perspective on this a little bit mm. i am looking so forward to making an album this mm. year i've never had an opportunity to make a full length mm. and um unfortunately i just didn't have the time to do so this year because i was touring so much yeah, yeah. and i had so much music but i didn't have time to put the effort into an album the way that i really wanted to and take take the time to make it perfect mm-hmm. um, and I think that super serving the fans and the fan base is really important so giving them an opportunity to get something new every month was mm. really exciting yeah yeah for sure um, and I think it's really great I think it's really great for new artists too to do that so I yeah. think it was it was a great thing that I did I was supposed to go on through the rest of the year but I got so caught up with the touring yeah. that I couldn't finish yeah. um, oh, that's a big commitment <laughs> it's a massive commitment I didn't realize what I was getting myself into mm-hmm. um, but I think you know I think Albums aren't dead. I don't think albums, especially to people that really appreciate art, I don't think an album will ever be dead because mm. I listen to an album front to back when yeah. it comes out and mm. I think so many other people appreciate art in the same way. Yeah, I was talking to another younger band today um, and they, they had that same attitude. They genuinely, they, they still, they're releasing stuff within the genre of, say, metalcore, mm-hmm. but all of their material so far has been concept albums, you know, yeah. and it's, it's one of those things where you look back to the, the albums that everyone considers to be classic from like the 70s and 80s and stuff, yeah. and they all told a, a, a cohesive story. Yeah. Um, and in this sort of 
fast-paced TikTok brain world. No one's got the time anymore to focus on on that. But I think the core fans will appreciate it more right. when you sort of when you give them a package. Absolutely, you know, the real content. music connoisseurs of the yeah. world. Mm. They love that shit. Yeah, you know. Mm. Yeah, I'm down with that myself. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you said that Royal and the Serpent is representative of you and your ego. Is that like? I mean, I'm probably quoting that from something yeah, you yeah. said like 60. Uh, um, but like is it is it your ego is it your alter ego like how what's that dichotomy how do you how do you account for both of those personalities i mean i think when royal and the serpent was first born the concept of it all it was supposed to be this inclusive sort of idea of being the best version of yourself that you want to be mm-hmm. while also not being the liar and understanding that we're not perfect. Yeah. And understanding that, you know, we all um, go through the things we go through. We all have nasty parts of ourselves that maybe we're not proud of. Mm. And uh, not shutting those parts away and sort of showing to the world that it's okay mm. to be whatever you are on whatever given day it is. Um, and so it's sort of like an invitation for other people to open themselves up to that as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have, you have songs. I'm, just, I'm literally reading these. Like I love a, it. No, go ahead. I'm like, yeah, what you got? Yeah, you have songs that are deeply organic and personal sounding, and then there's the bombastic, bitter tasting, sort of overdriven alt aggression as well. Uh Um, And then you have, you know, more commercial uh, works like Choke, for example. Yeah. Um, Is there a place in your sphere of influence for mainstream pop production? You know, like some of the more recent singles are really, uh, really sort of broken down and, and, and they, they just have a lot of breadth to them and stuff like that. Yeah. And then you've got other things that just really hit that sort of club sound or they've got, there's definitely an intention there for them to just be kick-ass sort of um, songs like that. Yeah. You know, where do you, do you, do you like that diversity? Is there any that sort of challenge you a little bit more? Is there any that you sort of appreciate doing more? Um, I love this question. It's so interesting because I think about this all the time because I have kind of done a lot and I still don't know where my place is Mm. in this world. Because I play a festival like this and I think, oh, I'm not as heavy as some of these acts that are here. Or I play something that's softer and I think, oh, well, I have all of these songs that are too hard for these people. Mm. So um, I think that is one reason why I am really excited to make an album because I think I'm going to get to explore what it is that I love the most out of Mm. everything that I've done. Um, I think I don't know what that is yet. Mm. I'm not sure. I love... That's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. There's, I've kind of... When I set out to make music, I always um, wanted to not box myself into just one thing. Mm. So I think that's where sort of the diversity of the music has come from, is not wanting to just make one genre. Mm. And I think the music really, um, it grew with me. So it's like it shows the phases of where I was uh, mentally and emotionally. Mm. Um, so I, I think it's it's a journey though, right? It's yeah. not a destination. You shouldn't ever find a spot where it's like this is my niche, yes, right? Because totally. once you've done that, that's the death of creativity. You're yeah. boxing yourself into like a genre, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, I think I think it, rather than sort of looking at it like where do I fit? Yeah, say so I, I am who I am, and that's I'll fit wherever I'm, I'm going to go. I'm excited to explore. Mm. You know, yeah, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Thanks. Um, what, how does your writing process work? Do you go in with a message? You write. You said you mentioned earlier you write poetry. Yeah. Do you jam it out first? Like, what's your sort of like? If you had to start, you think I might write a song today. Yeah. What's your beginning phase? Well, usually my notes app is full of all sorts of nonsense. I'll mm-hmm. wake up in the middle of the night and I'll type things in my notes app, and then I usually go in um, when I'm back home and I'm having sessions I usually am in the studio like five six times a week and Mm -hmm. I just sort of go in and if I have an idea we just riff with whoever's 
in the studio with me at the time and we just sort of build something. Usually we have a long discussion about what emotion we're trying to portray and how we want it to sound and mm. it's kind of like therapy. It's pretty cool. That's really good because yeah. I think a lot of people's process is getting in there and just like just starting, right? You throw yeah. down a drum beat and you're like, what, what, what's a cool bass line that'll go yeah. with this? As opposed to see, like going, okay, what's the intention of this whole thing? Let's plan okay. it out and, and then just see where that takes you, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm like, an overthinker, yeah. but I mean, we'll, I guess it kind of works. Well, in that case, like that's an interesting <laughs> question too that comes up fairly often with, with my interviews is yeah. like, when do you know when a song's finished? When do you stop tinkering? Oh when do you, my gosh. This, I always get the same reaction. <laughs> never. It's never finished. Mm. Even after it's out. Yeah. Most of the time, I wish that I could go back and change something. This makes yeah. me feel so much better about any yeah. projects I'm doing because, uh -huh. like, it seems like, uh, you know, I'm always sort of going, it's, it's never going to be good enough. And I, and I don't want to put it out in case there's, like, I, I look back and regret not fixing that issue or not working yeah. harder or, like, not putting in 100% effort. You know when you haven't. And so that's always, like, when you listen to your old material, like, that I really wasn't at my best at that point. I and get it. It's a regret, right? It always mm. is. It's like the crux of the artist. Yeah. It's just pain. It's, I just pain. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. Nothing's ever good enough. Mm. And I think that it's comforting to know that other people feel that way. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning a lot of that today. Mm -hmm. so that's yeah. good to hear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you work? Say, say, for example, you're working with a producer, right? Yeah. Do you go in? from scratch with that person and say let's write or do you go in with material like demoed material and then sort of see where that takes you or no, we usually always write from scratch unless yeah. I riffed an idea the night before in my mm. bedroom and I had some plan which usually it's never as good as I thought it was when I show it to people in the room <laughs> yeah because you're looking at it through the eyes of somebody else then right <laughs> it's like, like whenever shit, yeah. you know if something's wrong with a mix you're doing because you play it for somebody else and every time yeah. you want to apologize you uh -huh. know that that's a problem right yeah. Every time, every time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I imagine you're heavily involved in the visual production as well. I saw the clip. Yeah. I can't think, I, I, the name of the song is escaping me, but the, the the contemporary dance one in the rain. Oh yeah. That, Separation like? anxiety. Separation, mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, that was you dancing, right? Yeah. Fantastic. Thank like, you. Yeah, because I, I was sort of trying to get to know your catalog, and I was like, I don't know if that's her or not, because you never really get a clear shot of your face. Yeah. Um, that's the point. That was amazing. Like, Thank what was you. what was the process behind that? I grew up as a dancer and I haven't danced in probably 10 to 15 years now at this point because I got injured when I was a kid and I've always wanted to bring it into um, my world to some capacity. I'm obsessed with music videos, they're my favorite thing that I get to do. I love helping direct them um, and it just felt like that was the perfect song to do it to. I haven't put anything out really that soft. Um, ever so it was a nice opportunity to get some ballet Boy, in the, the mix did the visuals suit it though right like it really it's it looks lyrical and it sounds lyrical you know like it's really yeah thank, wonderful. You. thank you um what was the how long was the process of setting that up because <laughs> it's like you, it I mean, was it actually happened pretty quickly it was just an idea it was actually pretty funny because we had the smallest crew that guy over there shot it actually oh, we okay, had the well. smallest crew one he's the best um we did it like super low-key we probably could have even done a better job had we had more funding but we had like no funding for it so we just found a rain room we rented it out i oh, choreographed it okay yeah <laughs> they have these rain rooms where they're like big warehouses that mm. um they rain from the ceiling yeah right they're for like cars and stuff yeah I think, okay you know? yeah fair enough yeah yeah um we you found a rain what room you've got available yeah. well, and we shot it a bunch of times without the rain because we really only had one opportunity to shoot it with the rain yeah. otherwise everything would have been soaked so we shot it a bunch of times um, and then we just decided we were going to do it because it's one shot. Yeah, so yeah. we really only had one chance. Yeah, and the way that you sort of come out from the water and mm -hmm. sort of approach the camera and then go back, it's yeah. fantastic. Thanks. It's oh really God, we rehearsed that so many times mm -hmm. before it, we it did the one. <laughs>
Okay, so what, what's coming up next? What is, so you said you want to work on an album. Is, yeah. that, is that in the works or is that something for the future? What's 2024? Uh, Janu- top of January, I'm getting back in the studio. I'm going to start from scratch. I mean, I have a few ideas, but um, we're really going to dig in. I'm going to see who I want to create with. We have a bunch of sessions lined up already. See who kind of like the core people are going to be for the yeah. album. And then um, until I head out, I think the next touring stuff I have is like UK Europe in the summer. So up until then, I'll be writing and making an album. Hopefully I'll finish it before I head back out on tour. That would be amazing. I can't wait to hear more. Thanks Thanks. again for uh, giving me your time. Of course. uh, uh, This was a great interview. Like I said, I was looking forward to this one. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate appreciate it. it. Thank you. Cheers. And there you have it, folks, Royal and the Serpent. When I went into this sort of process of, you know, researching artists for this festival, the last thing I expected to find was somebody like Ryan. And I was really amped to talk to her, as I said earlier. But, you know, as you heard from the interview, it, it was it was just a great chat. You know, it, it was very different from the rest of the interviews of the day. I f- feel like with particularly all the metalcore bands, a lot of the sort of things they have to say are fairly similar because they all go through a very similar process in production and how they build their community and, you know, all of the things. Whereas with Ryan, it was very different because she's she's like an independent soul as far as this sort of thing goes. She doesn't have a band around her. She has people that she probably relies on uh, to help her with production and, and things like that. Uh, but, you know, her art is very personal and it definitely comes deeply from within her. And uh, it, it's it's just Ryan Santiago writ large on the screen or in, in your ears, you know. So, yeah, I really enjoyed talking to her. Um, I'm hoping to catch up with her again at some point, you know, further down the track. But this was great. Had a great time. Hope you enjoyed it and stay primal. I'll catch you in the next one.